Hello, everyone. My name is Rob Rigo, and I am an alcoholic. I am grateful to be here. I'm happy to be in the meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous. Welcome to our newcomers. Tom, congrats on seven months. And Maddie, thank you very much for your share. Um, and Anna, thanks for the opportunity for uh, coming to share some experience with you guys. And ideally, someone somewhere will hear at least a little bit of strength and hope in what I have to say. Um, so a little bit about me. Uh, I have a sobriety date of February 12th of 2018. Uh, that's not my first sobriety date. It's not a sobriety date that I wanted. Um, normal one that I picked, right? Um, for me, my sobriety was always forced uh, from an external source because left to my own devices. I'm not going to stop drinking and I'm not going to stop using because uh, I. But that's my solution to existing, right? That's my solution to being able to find a way to connect with all of you. That's my solution to finding a little bit of peace and solace in my mind. So um, I am one of seven boys. Well, seven men now, right? So I'm number six in line. I grew up in a fairly typical Catholic uh, Mexican household. Uh, we were rambunctious, as some people like to refer to us as. And um, I am a product of an alcoholic. So my dad's an alcoholic and a neurotic codependent. My mom is very Al-Anon. Thank God she works her own program. And uh, AA is actually one of the greatest gifts it's given me is the opportunity to repair and mend the relationship with my parents. So um, growing up from like one of the earliest memories I can have, I was always restless, irritable, and discontent, right? Like I was never happy with anything. Um, I always thought that I knew best, even though I didn't know what I was doing. Um, I definitely knew better than my dad, right? Because um, most of the hatred and the resentment that I had was geared towards him. And um, I was the kind of person growing up that I would like trap people in conversations and then dominate the conversation because I always thought that I knew what was right, right? I was always going to tell you how to navigate your life and I was going to tell you how to behave and I was going to tell you how to act because I became a little clone of my mom. And um, I actually had no idea what I was doing, right? Go figure. And uh, I would tell everyone and anyone that I would never, ever drink or ever, ever do drugs because I was better than that. And like, I've seen what drinking drugs can do um, to a family or to people, right? Because like, I hated my dad. Like when I tell you that I hated him, like I, he would like walk into the room and everyone could just feel the tension. Like all of a sudden everybody started shifting. Like who was going to pick a fight first? Who was going to yell at someone? And um and I was kind of like a raging bitch, excuse my language, but um, I was always looking to pick a fight with him. And um, I never gave him any grace and I never thought he deserved it. And uh, and I thought I knew best, right? And so uh, I got my way a lot because A, I was kind of the meanest in my household, but also I did really well in school. Um, I've realized at a very young age that if I do well in school and I, I smile at all the right times and I good to all the right people and I compliment the adults and you know I let them know everything's great peachy keen um suddenly it's not like what's wrong with your family it's more like oh your brothers must just like be a little rambunctious right because like look how well you're doing and I became the self-appointed self-governing self-demanding um, representative of my family right suddenly <laughs> like so yeah, no, we're good. We're, we're, we're fairly normal like my brother's just a little crazy you know but um I, I made sure that I needed to paint this image, right? Because my first true obsession was what everyone thought of me. And if I could get everybody to think that like I was happy, joyous and free, like maybe one day deep down, I would also believe it, right? Like that whole fake it till you make it ideology, except um, I never felt any, like I knew what like happy people looked like, right? I knew what confident people said and I knew what people who like, I knew what people wanted to hear. So I said it and I behaved in that way and, and I acted like that. 
for everyone else, right? For the sake of you believing that my family, there was nothing wrong, right? There was no abuse. There was nothing wrong in my house. Like no one was angry. No one was getting beat up. Nobody was yelling. Nobody was fighting, right? Um, and I mean, I did a fairly decent job because people started to believe me and I thought, yes, hello, first true stroke to my ego. And, um, <laughs> and, uh, and it didn't work though, right? Because um, I was restless, everyone was content and nothing was enough. And it didn't matter how many people believed the lie that I was trying to spin. I felt like I didn't belong. I felt uncomfortable in my own skin. I hated who I was. I hated the way that I felt. Um, nothing good ever happened up here, right? I was always thinking about like what they need to say, how they need to act, what they need to do, what I have, what I don't have. It was always going and going and going and going and going. And there was no stopping, right? And um, and again, I'm, I was, I'm this person, I was never gonna drink and I was never gonna do drugs, clearly that did not work out like I planned. And um, I, at 15, right, um, I fell in love. And I don't mean like in a romantic love, right? At 15, I fell in love and the only way that a gay boy can fall in love with a straight girl and we were obsessed with each other, right? Like I was obsessed with her, she was like a goddess and she could do no wrong and don't you know what she's been saying, blah, 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 blah. And you would think that suddenly like that would end, right? Because I hated alcohol. Like I genuinely hated like most people that drank and did drugs because like I just had this deeply rooted resentment towards my dad, right? But all of a sudden she's like, do you want to drink? I'm like, drink what? Like what? Like suddenly something like that opened, the doors opened a little bit, right? And suddenly I had a little bit of an open mind and there was a little flicker. And uh, she said, uh, uh, what was it? We, we kept it really, really classy. It was like lukewarm, warm, pina colada mix out of a red solo cup. <laughs> And I was like, okay, 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 okay. So my dad drinks beer, right? And like, this is where like the self-delusion really, really started um, running away with itself, right? Because left to my own devices, I, I, I'm ruled by a thousand forms of fear, self-delusion and self-seeking behavior. And the self-delusion told me that beer is the problem. Like people who drink beer are, are problematic, right? But if you drink <laughs> liquor, like you just like, you're good. You, you have a better grasp of life. You just care more. Like you're, you're more put together than the rest of those people who drink beer, right? Um, and and uh, my first drunk was like, really mellow right like I didn't throw up I didn't piss myself I didn't black out like I didn't sit things on fire like I heard all that and I was like that's rad that's awesome um that wasn't my experience it was really calm it was me and her I got a little buzz and she talked about chapters like if you move your head really fast you're like miss everything that's right here and I was like oh this is crazy you know um but I what I remember most is um is that I found a solution for a problem that I didn't realize I was trying to fix, right? Because even though I, I felt the way that I felt and I thought the way that I thought, I didn't think there was anything really wrong with me. Like, I just thought that, that was just the way people existed. So I didn't think I had any issues and I thought everyone else was the issue, right? It was what he said, it was what she said, it was what he was doing, it was what, what she was doing. It's because they didn't do this, that, and the other for me, right? I've always been self-seeking, I've always been self-centered. It's always been what you think of me, right? And how I can get you to do what I want you to do. But I was convinced that that's not why I was, right? Because don't you know how good I am? I'm only doing it because it'll make your life better. And so um, I found a solution to my thinking because I remember that when I got buzzed, regardless of the chapters, um, I suddenly my mind was finally quiet, right? 
I, I, I found a way to stop feeling the way that I was feeling. And I stopped, I found a way to stop thinking the way that I was thinking. And suddenly what he was doing didn't matter and what she was doing didn't matter. And what I had and what I was and what I wasn't and what I didn't have, it didn't matter, right? Because suddenly I found peace, what I thought was peace, right? I found some serenity that I had no idea I was seeking my entire life. Um, it, I, I read this thing on Instagram where it's like, have you ever... And it's a little silly, but like it said, have you ever just like taken a breath and realized you've been clenching your jaw for 15 years? Because like I was clenching my jaw and holding my breath for so long. And I got buzzed that night and suddenly I let out a breath that I didn't realize I've been holding my entire life. And um, again, I'm self-delusional, right? I still didn't think that was a problem because um, I didn't see a problem because suddenly, suddenly I had a way to exist be okay with myself and i'm like okay well okay so i'm gonna drink okay so i made the decision i'm gonna drink but uh, again remember i have all these i have these standards i can only drink liquor because liquor is okay and beer is a problem all right so i'm not going to be like my brothers or like my dad because i'm in control and i'm very well put together and blah 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 blah, blah. more self-delusion right i saw out that feeling all the time right like I wasn't drinking every day because I still had to like make sure that I kept my grades up because if my grades didn't stay up I wouldn't be able to fool everybody into this lie that I had spun right if I didn't keep my grades up my parents might actually start to put some sort of restrictions on me and they can't do that because I'm my own boss and uh, um, and and so I kept my grades up I kept going to school I was doing my thing and um but slowly but surely right school became less and less important like I just had to do well enough to maintain the appearance I had to do just well enough to keep my freedoms and um I wasn't trying to excel in any way shape or form but I do remember that every single day that was not the weekend I thought about the weekend right I was obsessed I was obsessing about Friday Saturday and Sunday because I knew that come Friday Saturday and Sunday I was going to get to drink and I was going to get to drink however much I wanted. And I was going to get to feel the way that I felt that first time. And so, um, I, I mean, I, I kept it together for a decent amount of time. And, um, and so, like, drinking into, I had older brothers, right? I was a good little angelic brother on the outside, but I was really mean to all of them. So if they didn't give me what I wanted, there was going to be problems. So what did they do? They made sure I got what I wanted. And um, and they got me alcohol and it was cool and it was great and it was fun and it was a lot of fun and it worked for me. It was a really, really solid solution at the time. Right. Um, I, I had friends in a bunch of different circles. So I had a drink with a bunch of different people. It was all sorts of experiences, all sorts of madness. And um, I didn't realize until after I got, until I started doing my IOP that um, having a high tolerance when you first start drinking is actually kind of problematic because it's kind of an indicator that you're probably going to be an alcoholic. Because um, I see, okay, so I've, I've always been little, right? I've always been gay and I've always been tiny and like never been able to keep up with the guys, like almost anything. And I have five older brothers, all very athletic, all very, uh, what we call in the gay community, mask, as in masculine. And um, keeping up with them was always very difficult. And by difficult, I mean, it was humanly impossible. So, <laughs> like, I had to play on sports teams with them, and I wanted to beat myself, and my dad would show up, and he'd be like, well, why can't you just do it? And I'd be like, hey, listen, you're drunk, and I don't need you to talk to me. So... Um, I finally found something that I could not only keep up with the dudes in, but I could actually do better than do, like most of these dudes, right? Because a lot of the dudes that I went out with would be like drinking beer and I'd show up with liquor and like I'm little and I'm like, I talk a lot of shit, sorry, and I, and, and I run my mouth a lot. 
And uh, I would get these dudes to start taking shots with me, but like I've been taking shots since I started drinking essentially, right? So then these dudes would be thrown up or they'd be passing out on themselves and I'd walk up all wasted and I was like, this is so cool. Like I'm one of the cool kids finally, right? It gave me a sense of belonging. It validated everything that I've always wanted to be. And somewhere along the way, right, um, I crossed that invisible line that we talk about that I no longer could stop when I wanted to stop, right? Um, what, what stopped me was that I would come out of a blackout and people would be like, what have you done? What have you done? Like, not what have you done? I would ask, what have I done? What have I said? And where, where am I, right? And people would be like, you were terrible. You were mean. You were vicious. And I'd be like, that wasn't me. I wasn't there. Like, I don't remember. So did it really happen? Someone once told me, like, if other people remembered it happened, you know, and I was like, oh, I said, okay, 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 okay. Right. Let me get sober. Okay. Um, so I got my first DUI at 17. That didn't mean anything to me because I drink and I use, oh, and uh, drugs are a part of my story as well. Um, the book talks about uh, us allergic types, right? Where alcohol physically um, has a physical reaction on our body or we crave more, right? Um, can't safely consume alcohol in any form and my alcohol took literally any form. Like it doesn't discriminate, right? Whether it's liquid, a pill or powder. Um, I need something to take me out of the way that I'm feeling, thinking and existing because I don't know how else to behave. So um, uh, I couldn't drink a drug. Uh, I got my first DUI at 17 and, uh, and I drank a drug. People were like, drink a drug, right? So they told me like, everybody gets that at school. I kept doing it. <laughs> the dream got worse, right? I, I started blacking out all the time. Every time I didn't know when it was going to happen. I didn't know if it was going to be at the beginning, the middle, or the end of the night. But I was going to black out. I wasn't going to know how to get home. I, and 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 that's part of like my uh, the alcoholic insanity, right? Like I know it's going to happen, but I'm going to do it anyway because I can't stop. Like I don't have the ability to stop on my own. And so I got my first UI at 17. Nothing changed. Um, I went to a couple classes. I, I mean, what changed was that like I had to go to court, and that was my first experience in court. But like I didn't personally change. Um, fast forward, right? Uh, I could things got way worse. I, I was blacking out literally every single time that I drank, um, and I didn't care. Well, I cared. Like I, I felt bad, right? Like I, it's not like I was like completely heartless. I felt bad of the things that I said in the relationships that were ending because of my drinking and drugging, and I felt bad that my parents were worried, and I felt bad. But like there wasn't enough feeling bad to get me to stop. Right. I, I will give up literally everyone. I, and I learned in alcoholics and I'm gonna say, well, I lost this. No, I literally will give up everything and everyone in my life as long as it means that I can continue to drink and drug because no one will ever be more important than the substance. Right. And so then um, life got worse. And then I got my second DUI at 24. And then that landed in the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous. And um, like that person, right, that, that lie that I need you guys to believe, I needed the courts to believe that I was like a decent human being and that I wasn't like problematic. And so then I started doing what you guys told me to, right, because I didn't want to go to jail because I'm really good at being whoever you want me to be to get my way, right, because I'm selfish, self-centered, and self-seeking. And, um, and so then I did AA for a little bit, right? I did AA for a little bit because I needed to and I didn't want to go to jail and I was terrified and and my life started to get really, really good. Like things started to get better. Like I, the cords got off my back. Like I saved money. I got a new core. I wasn't wanting to actively kill myself every single day of my <laughs> life. Like things were good, you know? And I said, wow, I've done so well. Like I'm so good at this. Like who knew that I could just quit drinking and be okay, right? 
And um, self-delusion, right? I'm deluded. I, I deluded myself to thinking that I had done this, that I, Rodrigo, had done this all on my own because I'm great at everything that I do, even though I was running my life directly into the ground, right? And so, so um, uh, my brilliant self goes, I'm going to go back out because I used the book to lie to myself, right? Like it's somewhere in the book, it talks about the different types of drinkers. And I was like, hey, I'm not a true alcoholic. Like the book talks about like, that's my dad for sure. I'm glad he's an AA. Thank God he's sober. He's now like seven or eight years. Thank you. Um, but um, so uh, my dad's the true alcoholic. I'm really glad he got the help he needed. But like, I was just a heavy drinker and I had all these things. And I've dealt with all my daddy issues and my mommy issues. And I wrote about it, blah, 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 blah. I did the four steps. So I remember the first four step was a single page on the front and I put like all my brothers into a box and my dad at the top and I said wow I'm just so spiritual now like I can go back out and drink like, that was my problem I'm just like this spiritual giant now and I've healed and I've mended and blah 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 I was wrong clearly because I'm I'm standing in front of you today and um I I'm I'm actually like really grateful that I was wrong but I'm also really grateful that you guys gave me the opportunity to go figure that out right um, I, I went back out and the book told us, right, like, hey, hey, first of all, you guys ruin drinking and drugs for me, so thank you for that, because I'm, like, <laughs> drinking, I'm drinking that first night, and as I know the blackout is coming, I remember it gets worse and never better, and I said, <laughs> <laughs> I said, here we go, ladies and gentlemen, and, um, and it was really painful, and it hurt the whole time, it hurt the whole time. I, I can tell you, I can tell you and I, I'm sure that um, welcome to our newcomers, right? I'm sure you guys can attest to this. I'm sure it's not gone any better since I tried, you know. And so, um, so I heard the whole time, and uh, and it got really, really dark, right? Because like there was there was a sliver of control that I had before I came in um, at that second DUI, but when I went back out. It got worse, right? Like I was drinking. People, I would hear people be like, "I used to drink in a fifth a day," and I'd be, "What does that even mean?" Like I don't even know. Like I don't measure my alcohol. <laughs> and then I was like sitting there, like on the verge of another blackout when I was out, and it dawned on me. I was like holding a fifth in my hand, and I was like, "Oh, it was almost out." And I said, "This is what they meant. Like, this is what they meant." You know? And like I get it. I got it. <laughs> And so, and so, um, we fast forward. I, I actively, I, I ended up right where I was. Right, I wanted to actively kill myself in more ways than I had even thought possible. And um, I was, I was in a really dark place. I was hopeless, and I had accepted. Right, I had come. And I was like, they said acceptance, the answer. Like all these things that I remember, so I'm getting obliterated. They said acceptance, the answer. So I just accept that I'm an alcoholic. And I'm not living an alcoholic life. You know, I have no other options because, like, I'm self-deprecating. And I left pity parties, and I want you to feel bad for me, and I will feel bad for myself all day. And there's no other options, right? Even though, right, like think about it, I'm I'm so delusional. Even though I know I literally came from Alcoholics Anonymous and like went back out and I'd seen how like those like a taste of the results and putting in a little bit of work, right? Um, but I'm sitting there like I can't do this, and um, and I get a third DUI, right? So if some of you don't have any DUIs, don't worry, you don't need that to prove that you're an alcoholic because I have enough for all of us, some of us. <laughs> um, but I get my third DUI and that lands me back in jail, maybe Kaye. And um, and I remember I was like, I'm so smart because the Orange County judge told me if you come back here within 10 years, I'm going to throw you in jail for six months. And he says there won't be any offense or books about it. So I went out of the county and got my third DUI because he can't do anything there. Yes. <laughs> and so it lands me back in the rooms of alcohol. Oh my God, what's happening? My time is over. 21 more
Okay. And so then, um, and so then uh, I'm getting sober now, I promise. And so, um, so I, I land back in the room, so I pause and I'm just a call back actually, right? Um, I remember that I purposely, so I, I'm, I'm riddled with shame, guilt, and remorse, right? Because I think that you guys are going to be really, really mean to me. And I think you guys are going to be really cruel because I've been really, really mean to me. And I've been really, really cruel because my disease wants me to be apart from you, right? Because if I'm alone and I don't have a solution and I don't have you guys tell me, it's going to kill me eventually. It'll settle for me being drunk or loaded, but it's for sure trying to kill me. And, um, and so I was full of shame. I was full of guilt. And I thought you guys were going to be really mean to me. And I crawl back into the room to the A knowing that I might be going to jail and then I should get sober. And um, I had a beanie on and I had a hood on and I slid in purposely late. I was like, okay, so I know they're going to do readings and they're identifying. I don't want to identify. I don't want to do readings to me. So I slid in late and I sit down and I'm like, I did it. And then all of a sudden I hear John alcoholic, Sam alcoholic. And I'm like, oh, Fuck. Sorry. And I like it was like this like feeling of like impending doom all over again. Like it's coming around to me. I'm gonna have to identify, you know what I mean? And so it comes up and it, it's literally I'm like taking a deep breath and I hear Rodrigo. And I was like, oh my god, did I say that? And like I look up and a friend of mine from across the room that I had met in the rooms of AA said my name because he recognized me and he ran across the room and he picked me up and he spun me around and I felt more love in that moment. Um, in that moment, in that meeting than I did in the entire like year, year and a half that I was out, right? Thank you. And um and and suddenly and like I was home, you know, suddenly like everything was okay. Suddenly that feeling of running and of fear and of dread and I'm not gonna be all right and I'm not gonna make it and everything's wrong and everything's terrible. Suddenly that all melted away. And the feeling of some or the feeling of ease and comfort that I was seeking through that drink that drive right I found in the rooms of alcoholics and obvious and you guys taught me right you guys held my hand because I, I I was a toddler when I walked in I had no idea what I was doing I was tired people talk about being sick and tired I was just exhausted right like I was I had no more fire I had no more solutions I had no more ideas like I I rode the wave of insight for as long as I possibly could and I was convinced that I I was armed with facts about myself and I, I was not I was ignorant and I was deluded and um, I hit my head against the wall long enough right through that alcohol and torture that we've all experienced and um, I admitted to my innermost self when I came back into the meeting that I'm Right. I'm an alcoholic. I cannot put a substance in my body without my body screaming that it needs more, right? Without my mind obsessing without that or when I'm without that substance, right? You guys taught me what the spiritual malady looks like or what it is, right? And I've been trying to fill a God-sized hole with literally everything and everything but a power greater than myself. You guys gave me enough grace to be able to find that higher. Right, because coming from a Catholic, being a gay Mexican coming from a Catholic family, like it was kind of scary, you know. Like the God that I was raised with was very angry and he was very mean and he was very spiteful and he was gonna damn me to hell for breathing the wrong, I threw the wrong nostril. Like I was terrified, but you guys showed me that like that's not what the higher power that you believed in was, right? You gave me the opportunity to build one. And um, I, I finally understood somewhere along the way, like why people would say that I found a higher power or a God that I can do business with, right? I had an aversion to the word God when I first came into the rooms and you guys would say it and it would, oh my God. But I would sit there, right? I would sit there quietly um, to, while you guys talked and I tried to figure a way to understand what you were saying to me because 
I didn't have any more answers, right? Like I obviously, like I took a moment and in that moment, I was able to be honest with myself and admit not only that I'm an alcoholic to my own self, right? But admit that I don't know what I'm doing. I don't, I don't know how to live life on life's terms. I don't know how to be a human without putting a substance in my body. I don't know how to find validation without bringing substances to you and you saying that you like them, right? And so, um, so I came to the rooms AAA and I and I and I sit down and I shut up and I admitted that I didn't know what I was doing, so I'm gonna do whatever you guys tell me to, right? The rooms of AA were my first higher power. Um I I you guys seem to figure something out that I didn't know. And so I'm like, I'm just gonna you're going into that meeting, I'm coming, you know, like I, I'm on my way, like you want me to give someone a ride, I will give someone a ride, like you want me to go to 90 meetings, 90 days, like I'm gonna be an overachiever, I'm gonna hit two meetings at least every single day. Like I was like, I'm I'm here for it, right? Like what was different this time um so we talk about like what's different this time this time it's like i i threw myself into alcoholics anonymous like face first like i didn't jump in with both feet like i threw my face onto you guys and i hope that you guys would catch me you did right i joined the young people's committee i joined um so cali probably put on a conference together and um i was like walking around that conference like oh my god look at all these alcoholics here like everyone's having a good time and um and i was like getting commitments and i was like staying in the middle of the herd and i was like working my steps and and i was just i was living and breathing aa because i was living and breathing alcohol alcohol and drugs for so long right and i realized that i i i had i had i had difficulties figuring out like how to really push my will my life over to power of myself that i couldn't see right and somewhere and, and everything that i've said done or behaved like learned right is it, it's, it's taking a bar from AA. right i heard someone somewhere along the way say um i had a like trusted my will and my life over to alcohol and drugs without a question, without a second thought, right? So why not like trust my will or life to something that I would hope has the best interest, but my best interest in mind. And um, and suddenly, right, I was I was able to relinquish my thoughts, my words, my actions to that higher power, and I would pray, right? Sometimes I would be shouting into the void, but I started praying, asking, right, align me with your intention for me. And if I don't know what that looks like, and if I'm ever in doubt, right, I pause, I take a second. If what I'm about to say or do isn't kind, I do my best to refrain. Because even though I may not always understand what my higher power may want for me, I know that it doesn't want me to be unkind to people, right? And so, um, so I, I, I've been able to find a higher power that I can do business with. And, and I found a tribe, right? Um, I think Maddie called them his herd. And I thought that was adorable. Like, uh, <laughs> like I, 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 it's true though, right? Um, I, my entire life, uh, I, 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 I did my best to paint this image of the person that I was and the people that my family were. And, and all I wanted to do was to feel a part of, but I was always so disconnected and I always felt like I was out of place and I never felt like I belonged anywhere. And then I landed in the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous and I found the home that I thought that I've been seeking my whole life. You know, like everyone here is sick as, as, as sick as I am, is what I'm gonna say. And, um, and, um, and, and, but it's also, uh, you guys gave me the hope that I did not realize I was seeking, right? Like I, I, my higher power puts things into my life that I don't realize consciously that it's what I'm looking for. But you guys gave me a hope and a way of life that I did not know I wanted. And I hear people say, um, uh, I heard people say things along the line, like I'm living a life beyond my wildest dreams. And I was like, oh, like you must have like 87 houses and like horses. And then I realized like, 
No, right? I'm living a life beyond my wildest dreams because my wildest dream when I was drinking a girl was to kill myself. Like, <laughs> like I would wake up out of my life. I was super disappointed that I had not died. I was like, right? I'm overpaid in Alcoholics Anonymous. When I came to you guys, I wanted two things, right? I wanted one, to stop wanting to kill myself and two, to not go to jail. And I have both today, right? I am overpaid. Everything else is a plus. I have an opportunity to build true relationships with people, right? I have an opportunity and I've had an opportunity to build a relationship with my dad and repair the damage. I hated him. I would tell people that like our lives would be better if he died, right? And that like I would not cry at his funeral and today. And today I realized like, A, how sick he was, but B, that like my father's one of the kindest, most empathetic people I've ever met in my life, you know? And um, I aspire to be like him, surprisingly, shockingly, right? Um, he, he's one of the softest, gentler, like gentler, um, one of the softest spoken human beings I've ever met. And like, I had no idea who that man was. Um, I have had an opportunity to be kind to my brothers. I was so mean. Like I, I used to think that it was ego. Like I'm like, oh, like it's my ego when I first came to the rooms, I got off that I was just the meanest out of all of us. No, I was the meanest out of all of us. Like I was very, very mean to my siblings and I've had the opportunity to like, Go to my brothers and tell them, like, hey, bro, you are so handsome, dude. Like, you are such a cool dude. Like, you're doing, like, you know, like, beat up and lifting and, and lift them up. And, like, bro, you can do literally anything that you put your mind to. That's not who I am. That's a result of you guys. Like, my family should come in here and thank everyone hand by hand because I was a really mean sibling. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, but, but I'm glad, right? I'm glad because... I didn't think that that's the brother that I wanted to be. I didn't, the man that, that I stands before you today is not the man that I thought I ever wanted to be. Um, and for that, I'm eternally grateful. And I owe that to each and every one of you, right? And I owe that to doing as I was told when I came in and taking direction of those who came before me. So thank you so much for allowing me to participate in sobriety. Thank you for participating in my own. That's like